So, uh, this is an answer to a question from my best and only Patreon supporter, Yvetta. Uh She has asked uh, a penetrating question, which is uh, cuts right to the heart of all of this, um, which is essentially, what do we do once we're de- decentralized? What happens with the international organizations? What happens with debts from various countries to international organizations and um, in general, how do you avoid being attacked by remaining states and you know a, a variety of possible negatives that could happen um, if decentralization actually happens anywhere? Uh, and to some extent, the answer to that question is a bit of a hand wave. It's, it's kind of like when I get to the federal question in the United States context. So mass recall in the United States begins with the towns. Mass recall anywhere begins with towns. And then you get to whatever the next largest organizational groups are. In the United States, it's the counties and then the states. Uh, That might be different in other places. Um, But at at some point, you will reach actual resistance. Uh, it will no longer be people that you know who are family, friends, and neighbors or are so small that they simply must capitulate. They'll be, you know, actual governments with actual armies and actual weapons. Um, but just as with the American example, if all 16,000 towns are in open, peaceful rebellion, there isn't really very much for the federal government to do other than launch all weapons and try to annihilate everybody. And if they're willing to do that, which in, you know, I've done some some views on this, and even with nuclear weapons, they wouldn't really be able to kill everybody. Nuclear weapons are not as effective as people think. Um, and that's not to say that it wouldn't be devastating uh, for the United States and the world if that was to happen. But I, I, I can't escape. It, as a logical argument against doing it, it makes absolutely no sense to say that we shouldn't stop people who would nuke us if we tried to take their power away. Um, obviously, we should. that just makes it that much more important. Of course, we should disarm and take out of power people who would kill us just because we won't let them abuse us. Um, so in the context of the United States, when we get to that point, um, it's a question of the United States federal government is not going to be really, the issue at that point is not going to be how much does the state of Oklahoma owe the federal government. Uh, it's certainly not going to be what some town in Oklahoma owes the federal government. Um, and if you extend that out to the world, if decentralization, if mass recall happens in towns across the world, and this happens hopefully everywhere or in most places, essentially the hand wave is this is an irrelevant issue. We don't have to worry about what we owe the IMF. That was a promise made by our corrupt centralized governments to their cronies. Um, Ultimately, the global totalitarian corporatist state is just a group of cronies, and and it's a pretty small group. Um, And if they even survive the process, um, my idea, my fictional idea of the Bunker Hunters uh, series TV show 
Uh, I'd like to see that get made. Maybe I can figure out a way to get money and, and work on that. But um, that kind of addresses what might happen to the people who hunker down and try to hang on to their spoils and and wait until an opportunity arises for them to retake over the entire world with their weapons. Um, and Bunker Hunters is the idea that free humans will organize not into states but into family-based organizations who will cooperate and use all of the existing technology that the states would currently use against us against the hidden people who are trying to evade capture. And we would scour the earth and, and find them and and kill them and and take back whatever it is they've they've pulled away um so so what do we do if a particular country you know what, you know if everybody in czechoslovakia or everybody in britain in their individual towns but still have a british national identity this is important i, I don't I don't think we should lose our national identities. I think that that this it's not a tribalist in the negative sense. I've I've explained this before to people about Ireland. Ireland is a great example. Before Ireland was taken over, it did not have a national government. It, there was nobody in charge of everything. There were kings, but they were not they were not politically powerful individuals and they did not dictate what everybody would do um and if, I'm not exactly sure what the justice system was with the druids and whatever, but there, there, there was a justice system of sorts, and and peace was was kept, and and they were a fully decentralized society in this sense. Um, so, the reason that Ireland was not able to be completely taken over by the British was because there wasn't any single political organization that they could go to, put the gun to the head of the head of and say, order your people to stop resisting, because there were no people to order. The, you, can, you, know, you can't go, so when they got to Connacht, that was it. They, they just, Connacht was like, no, you're not getting in here, and, uh, and they didn't. And so the British Empire decided, well, to hell or Connacht. You know, they, just, they just gave up. Whereas the British, with the same, basically the same kind of force, was able to completely dominate India. And the reason was because India had a fully centralized government. I mean, they were, they were separated into, I forget what the names of the various places were. There were governors and, and rajas or whatever the hell they're all called um, in various places. And it looked kind of like you had these independent regions. But actually, there obviously was some centralization. Or at the very least, you know, it was just a matter of the British government going to each individual governor and, and doing the very thing that I just described and forcing them to tell their subordinates to submit. And the people had nothing to do with any of this. Nobody was, you know, in fact, it's probably very likely that many people in India did not even know that there was a governmental change when the British Empire took over India, um, because it was it was a, a political event, not, not really a military event. The British Empire did not sweep across India in tanks and bicycles and killing people. That's not how it works. Um, that's not how the world has been taken over in this instance. There's been no army movements. There's been no arrival. I mean, there's been preparation for army movements. There's been placement of forces with the intent of killing innocent civilians if we resist. But it hasn't actually happened. They've been able to take over the entire world simply by subverting our local bureaucracies. 
It's as simple as that. Uh, and our local bureaucracies may or may not, probably do not know what they're doing, probably are not aware that they are acting as subordinates in the hierarchy of the global totalitarian corporativist state, but they are. They're traitors. So, again, to, to get back to this big picture idea, what, what, what happens when we decentralized? And the answer is, uh, you know, not much. Basically, these organizations will just simply disappear. They will no longer have any influence on anything. And whatever resources they have will be comparatively small. They're, they have no sphere of influence anymore in that scenario. And it's really a question of what do the people who are in control of the weapons do? And do they have access to enough tangible currency that would be accepted by their soldiers as payment to be able to get them to go and, you know, kill people. And like I said, in the scenario of the United States, once we get to the federal level, the United States Army is, is comprised mostly of United States citizens who grew up in United States towns. And if they receive orders to nuke their hometown or a town that is the you know hometown of one of their buddies or or some other army person, they're not really that likely to do it. There's, there's no, it's just not going to work. The whole thing falls apart when you remove the, this false nationalism thing, you know, the, the, the sort of government nationalism as opposed to cultural natural nationalism. So I think that it's a bit of a hand wave. I, the, the true answer is I simply don't know what will happen either when we get to the federal level in the United States or at the global level if, if all countries, all towns of all countries do this. I don't really know what will happen, but I don't think it's, I don't think it's a primary concern. Um, I think the, the issue is going to be, you know, will they do something drastic to try to kill everybody? But again, they're already trying to kill everybody, so... This, none of the things that, that would normally discourage this sort of an action apply anymore. They're already demonstrating a willingness to kill us all. So, you know, if the threat of everybody decentralizing causes them to release a biological weapon on Earth, well, they've already done that. Maybe it's not their worst one. Maybe they'll release a worse one. But that would backfire. It, 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 it can't help. I mean, the reason they're doing this surreptitiously is because they know they can't do this overtly. So once, once we get enough people to recognize what's actually happening, and once we get enough people to realize that the only way out of it is to decentralize, then the, the chief concerns, I think, for humanity are going to be, are we mature enough to govern ourselves? And I think so. But it is a question, and it's something that everybody's going to have to face. Um, what, what, what really does happen when there's no larger political organization threatening to do something to you anymore? Do you really turn into a barbarian and break into your neighbor's house and try to eat their baby? No, you don't. Um, if anything, I think this kind of a situation will actually promote local cohesion. And you'll see neighbors being much more friendly with each other rather than being distant with each other. I mean, this is, this is, I guess, partly a hope, 
But it's really a more of a prediction because I just sociologically speaking, the division that is being caused between people is entirely top down. The division that I see between people is not happening from the ground up. This is being, this is manufactured, and it's and it's madness. So manufactured madness is not a, really a threat to natural cohesion. So I think you know whatever money we might owe this or that or whatever international organization becomes irrelevant. Um, in fact, if the monetary systems completely collapse, the whole thing is just automatically gone anyway. Um, the bunker hunter's idea is an interesting one because it at least provides some kind of a plan for how do we physically deal with the fact that there will be an enormous amount of resources in a very small number of hands of true psychopaths. And what will they do with it? I, I suspect that what they will do with it is try to hide. I don't think they're going to try to, to blow up the planet, um, kill everybody with you know releasing some really super terrible biological weapon. They might, but um, that's not necessarily the end of the world. And again, that would that would be a pretty unifying event, wouldn't it? And I think if these people are going to try to kill us all anyway, if they do it in a way that causes everybody to be much more unified against them, maybe that's better. I mean, that certainly is better than having them successfully kill us all while they're manufacturing division amongst us. So I don't see any other path other than mass recall to actually address this problem physically, that we can take the power out of their hands. And if we do it everywhere at once, it will be, I think, a fairly simple, if not easy, thing. The, what gets complicated and what I'm worried about is if it is not everywhere. If, let's say, the United States successfully becomes decentralized 16,000 group federation of towns, we can still have associations. We can renegotiate our associations. I'm not saying that anything about... I mean, anarchy would be great. I think it would be beneficial. But I'm, I'm really talking about decentralization, which means we get rid of the, the existing hierarchical structures and then renegotiate, presumably for defense purposes, with our neighbors. And that includes our towns as neighbors. And so there will be some restructuring and some, you know, new states will pop up and they'll be smaller. And we can have federations of many of these very small states. And, and a lot of our military equipment will be in our hands. We are not going to be completely powerless. Um, so, but the issue is, let's say the United States, let's say we completely decentralize and somehow figure out how to, to, um, to defang the federal government as well, which is, again, something I don't know exactly how that's going to play out. But let's assume we win that for the sake of this particular argument and nobody else on the planet decentralizes, and we are surrounded by states with nuclear weapons that are all part of the GTCS, and they don't like that the United States has pulled out of this plan. They will attack us. We know that for sure. But we also know that, you know, from, from, the, from the quote from the Japanese general, um, behind every plate of grass, I mean... You can't invade the United States and expect to succeed. You just can't put enough 
boots on the ground. So at that point, it would be a question of will they launch all their missiles at us? And we would still have our missiles. I mean, if if we were fully decentralized and the federal government stood down from killing all American citizens, it's not like our military capability would really disappear. It would just fall into the hands of whatever the new political structures are, and maybe they would be dotted across. There might be 500 of them, 1,000 of them, maybe only 50 of them, maybe only 10 of them. It won't be one big one, I'll tell you that. But that just makes it better for defense. In other words, let's say let's say there are 50, 50 states, just for the sake of argument here. Let's say we just all, six, all secede and the, the general loose national groups that, that form are similar to the existing 50 states. If some foreign government, you know, tries to subvert one of those states, they don't get to automatically subvert all the other 49 states. Certain, you know what I mean? That's, so it just becomes harder and harder for anyone to take us over and more like the scenario I was making the comparison of between Ireland and India. So the less we're like India, the easier we will be to defend ourselves. The more we are like Ireland, the stronger our defense will be. Um, and with our weapons, I'm not sure that the world would, you know, I mean, especially with the precedent set of us doing this, I, I, it's pretty extreme to assume that the rest of the world would not also follow along in our, you know, demonstration. So it probably would be, you know, let's let's say probably China. Let's say China makes it through and manages to stay a state. Um through all of this. Well, they can't really attack and take over the United States. And if they do, they're all in one small little area. It would only take one of the 50 states and a handful of our nuclear weapons. Well, maybe more than that. But, you know, China is at the mercy of everybody, just as we would be at the mercy of everybody. So I don't see this, I don't see any point of this problem. It is a problem where the whole thing breaks down and, and it, it, it's all proven to be just a, a false hope and an unattainable goal. I think that this is a very attainable goal, and I think it will result in dramatic improvement in human civilization, more, more diversity, more progress, more development. All the things that the corporativists hate will, will explode into productivity. And that's good for human civilization. It's important to understand this. What the reason, the thing that the corporativists hate the most is human progress. And once progressives understand that, I think they're going to join us. So I hope that answers, and it is a bit of a hand-waving, but I hope that answers the question about it.